Rolling it out here on Bills by the Numbers. We're presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Coming up is the Bills pass rush. More potent than last year after an encouraging performance in week one. Steve guesses on Bills pass rush history in the numbers game. And how lethal could the pass rush become when Von Miller returns? And of course, we'll have our one burning question. Who's got next? On Bills by the Numbers, Bills Wall of Famer Steve Tasker, Bills insider Chris Brown with you. And sure, the week one loss was a gut punch, but there were some positives to extract from the contest. Most notably, Buffalo's pass rush. Three sacks, eight quarterback hits were the totals in a game that largely shifted to the run for the Jets once Aaron Rodgers went out injured. First, Steve, what was your assessment of Buffalo's pass rush in the open. I thought it was promising. I thought it was pretty – pretty. I, the first th- four plays of the game when Aaron Rodgers was in there, he was in some pro- – he had some problems with it. Uh, certainly they had two of their plays where they came out and both tackles cut the defensive ends and they couldn't get the guys on the ground. Uh, and ultimately that's what led to Aaron Rodgers leaving the game because Leonard Floyd came off the edge and Aaron Rodgers couldn't let it go because of the coverage and he was stuck with an elite athlete right in his face it was pretty promising uh so i'm thinking yeah this this pass rush is going to really be a bonus this year it's deep it's fast they've got girth up inside that also can collapse the pocket and do some nifty stuff up inside not only with ed oliver but also jordan phillips and daquan jones those guys can really push so i'm i'm thinking it's going to be a lot of fun this year for sean mcdermott to use those guys up front in the pass rush right and i think the rotation of the group, everybody kind of flashed at one point or another through the course of a game that really didn't see the ball go to the air a whole lot when Zach Wilson came in, which to me is like, wow, that's really good. Um, does it show up again this week against the Raiders? I don't know. It's a team that seems pretty dedicated to running Josh Jacobs. So maybe the opportunities are slightly more numerous than we saw with Zach Wilson last week once he entered the football game. But yes, the signs are unquestionably positive, I think, for this Bills pass rush going forward. What do you like most about the group that the Bills can line up across their front? I know you touched on it a little bit already, but do you have any other specifics? I think it's the depth and the quality. Um, And I think the combinations they can throw out there, um, you know, because teams have different philosophies between third and short passing down, third and medium passing down, third and long passing down, third and really long. Um, I think the guys they can put out there with Greg Rousseau, Leonard Floyd, and when he comes back, Vaughn, obviously, A.J. Epinesa, those guys got a lot of length Mm -hmm. down inside. And like I said earlier, with uh, Ed Oliver being able to penetrate the way he does and cause problems and kind of wreak some havoc, along with Daquan Jones and also uh, Jordan Phillips, who also got a sack in the game, Man, they can do some things. They've got some guys that can really match up well, particularly if they do get the offense in in a obviously throwing down. Yeah, I like the fact that we saw everyone kind of flash at one point or another in the game. You mentioned, I mean, Floyd and Rousseau were obvious. Ed Oliver flashed. Jordan Phillips flashed, as you mentioned. Daquan Jones late in the run front. Um, You know, and even Tim Settle got in on a big stop inside on Brees Hall. So you're seeing it from everybody that's rolling through. Shaq Lawson in pursuit 
you know, flushing him out of the pocket and racing him to the sideline. Like we saw everybody get in on an act that was limited in scope because the Jets didn't want Zach Wilson to screw the game up and didn't let him throw a whole lot. So I think that's what was most encouraging for me. Everybody contributed, and it was readily evident to people watching the game. Leonard Floyd, as we said, made an impressive debut, one and a half sacks. Greg Rousseau and Floyd each had five quarterback pressures, and Ed Oliver, who gets his fair share of criticism from Bill's detractors, led the team with six quarterback pressures in the game. Without Von Miller for now, how much can this group succeed maybe more as a sum-of-its-parts type unit rather than one alpha dog leading the way that opponents are game-planning Yeah, it, it's possible. I mean, if you have a lot of high-quality rushers, obviously it's a better thing because uh, you're going to get somebody through there just consistently. Mm-hmm. The problem is this. One of the problems it creates is, like, if you've got a Von Miller out there who's at the peak of his powers, the defensive coordinator can use that alpha guy to manipulate the protection of the of his opponent. Right. Now, if they've got four guys out there, they think they're all equal, you don't know what their protection scheme's going to be. It's hard to predict. Right. If you've got an alpha dog, they always slide the protection towards him, a la Bruce Smith, you know, Reggie White, uh, Von Miller. You can kind of manipulate where you want the offensive linemen, what the, you want them to do. If you don't have that, and they're just going to say, okay, we're going to play a man up, wherever they are, it doesn't matter. Then you got... You, then you do rely on the talent and the depth of your people. Uh, now, if that works, it works. But if you want to manipulate to get a matchup you like or a free rusher with a fifth guy coming in on the, on the blitz, you know exactly who's going to come free. You don't if they don't have that alpha dog to, for you to set their protection for them. At the same time, though, without that alpha dog for the opponent to game plan for – yeah, they can turn around and play you straight up. But I think at the same time, you can scheme some things that could come from virtually anywhere. That's right. And I think they're more difficult to predict because they don't have an alpha dog. And if you have four or five B-plus pass rushers instead of an A-plus pass rusher, I think you can still be effective. Now, we've only seen this for one game, but do you believe that Sean McDermott's play calling can lead to more consistent pressure on the quarterback by scheming more opportunities for the pass rushers he has at his disposal right now, Sands Miller. Sure. Um, they can be as creative as they want. Um, I, I, I'm, it worries me that if the opponents the, the, of the Bills, like the Raiders coming up this week, if you know, if they just don't say, listen, we, we're not going to gain anything if we – slide the protection of Leonard Floyd because we still got Rousseau on this other side. Mm-hmm. Um, you really ha- it, it really helps a defensive coordinator to get a handle on what the opponent thinks about each of his individual pass rushers. If you've got four guys like the Bills had, and, and it seemed like they had in the Jet game, you can always kind of say, well, one of those offensive linemen is going to have a bad rep. And whoever it is, we're going to take advantage of it or whoever their weak link, weak link is, we can manipulate our matchup. If they're going to play us head up, we can put whoever we want on their weak link and let's go. Uh, you gain something from that because then if they're playing it straight up, there's less help, there's less focus by the offensive line to say, hey, no matter what happens, this guy's not going to beat us. Well, not so much this time now, right? It, it benefits your B-plus pass rushers 
where you don't have an A-plus guy taking the attention off, but you got three or four of those guys, somebody's going to get home. Uh, like I said, it's a numbers game. The better guys you have and the more guys you have like that, yeah. the, more, the better the matchup is for you. Yeah, and It's I, just that simple. And I believe that McDermott will find ways to scheme it up where he gets the most desirable one-on-one matchup, whether that's Ed Oliver inside on a sluggish guard or whether it's Greg Rousseau or Leonard Floyd on an offensive tackle whose best years are behind him, Dwayne Brown, for example, last week, I think he's going to find those matchups pretty capably and scheme them up. I I mean, we saw it. There were a couple of plays last week where it looked like he was scheming things up specifically for Ed to get a one-on-one matchup, and he would get the quarterback pressure. Now, he didn't get the quarterback on the ground, but the aim was accomplished because it led to a hurry throw or an ill-advised decision or an incompletion, so you win, and now it's second and long or third and eight. The plus the plus part about it is if you get a guy, a quality guy, if you've got quality guys inside and outside, uh, you can pick the weak link and the weak matchup you want and put whatever guy you want over the top of that guy and then get a one-on-one. So, you know, without looking at the Raiders' offensive line, uh, who didn't give up a sack this last week. That's right. Um, you know, you got to pick your matchups. And when you've got guys you trust and you can enter and you feel like you can – Use them interchangeably. Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. It and I to me though that takes a few series and a few pass rush reps to start experimenting with who's going to be that matchup. Because once you get in the game, you know you can get an idea about it through scouting and stuff. But once the game starts is when you really find out. So it may take a minute, an extra series or two, for them to get the matchup they want and find out they can exploit it and like, here we go. They can't throw the football on us now. The key for the Raiders this week is to keep the game close. They did that with Denver last week and wound up running the football 29 times. Mm -hmm. That's what they want to do. They want to ride Josh Jacobs and let Jimmy Garoppolo be a complimentary asset to their offensive game plan. That's why it's kind of imperative for the Bills' offense to kind of get back on track maybe get up by 10 or 14 points, and then your defensive ends and your pass rushers can go hunt because they know Garoppolo is going to be throwing the football a whole lot more. So right. that's kind of the key to unleashing this pass rush to its fullest potential. Get up on a team on the scoreboard, and then off you go. We are presented here on Bills by the Numbers by FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers Get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Now is the perfect time to join FanDuel. There are a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So download the app today and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the Buffalo Bills. We spin things over to the numbers game, where Steve will be quizzed on what else but Bills pass rush history. Steve, are you ready? All right, let's go. Question number one. We all know Bruce Smith is the all-time leader in sacks with 171 in a Buffalo uniform. I know him. He's a friend of mine. That's right. I heard that. Who is second? Phil Hansen. Incorrect. He is third. Mario? 
It is not Mario Williams. He was not here long enough. I will give you one final answer. Okay, wait. It is a drought-era player. Oh, it's uh, Schobel. It is Aaron Schobel, correct, with 78 career sacks. Um, question number two. Have the Bills ever led the league in sacks? I think they did once with Mario and William. Is that a yes response? I'm going to say yes. You are correct. What was that year that they led the league in sacks? Give me the year. I don't know. Somewhere between 05 and 010. No. No? No. 010 and 15? There you go. Yeah. 2013 right. was the year. I can't remember. Mario with 13. Man. Kyle Williams with 10 and a half. Jerry Hughes with 10. Marcel Darius with 7 and a half. Manny Lawson with 4 and some other guys with a couple. Yeah, they had some guys, man. They, they were getting it going. All Jim, right. Jim now, Schwartz, defensive coordinator. That's right. Question number four. How many of your former teammates are on the Bills' top 10 list for sacks in their career? How My many teammates? of your former teammates are on the top ten list? Bruce, Phil, let's say uh, Leon Seals. I, I need to. I need a number first, oh, a number and then first. I will ask you to name them. How many I'll, of top your former 10, teammates I'll are say in the top ten? Four. You're close. It's five. Five All total right. former teammates of Steve's oh, in the top man. ten in sacks. Now, can you name all five of them? That is question five. Bruce. Yes. Phil. Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, even though it's a short stay here, is Bryce Pop? Yes. I thought that would be the harder yeah. one. Leon? No, not okay, Leon. Leon didn't Steve. make it. Uh, so who have, I, who have I got? You've got Bruce, Bruce Phil, Phil, and Bryce. I'll say need two more. You can just I, use I hold deductive it, reasoning for these. Yep. Yeah. Biscuit. Correct. And Come on, you can get Daryl Talley. There you go. Well done. Five out of six on the guest I train. I feel good about that. Yeah. I, I well, you know, I, I wanted to kind of, you know, that was kind of a lob for an alley oop there, and you dunked it. So good job. Behind my head with two hands. <laughs> you did throw Leon Seals in there. Uh, out of homage. Which he appreciates, uh, listen, but it was in Leon's a great dude. I'm I'm glad I threw him in there. Time for our high-low picks of the week. Play free at FanDuel.com for a chance at $10,000 in total prizes. Pick the highest and lowest performing players and teams across various stat categories. The closer you are to the actual results, the more points you get, and more points means a chance at a bigger prize. For the record, last week, we nailed the low in rushing yards. Alexander Madison of the Minnesota Vikings, 36 rushing yards. It was the low. Nailed it last week, Steve. So pay attention here, people. <laughs> I will kick us off with the team high for passing yards in week two, and I'm taking our home-standing Buffalo Bills. Raiders had a good showing last week against Denver, but they were fourth worst in pass defense in football in 2022. You don't just get great overnight, and the That's Bills right. are eager to rebound. So I'm taking Buffalo high for passing yards. All right, I'm going to go low for passing yards. I'm going to go with New York Jets and Zach Wilson. They're going into Dallas, and Dallas can absolutely crush passers. Their pass rush is off the charts. I don't see the Jets having much success through the year. I'm going to take the Jets for the low in passing yards. All right. High for rushing yards. I'm taking advantage of an injury. 
making it a one-man show in Green Bay. The Packers are likely to face the Atlanta Falcons without Aaron Jones, who has a hamstring injury. That puts A.J. Dillon front and center in their rushing attack. The Falcons are not a stout run defense, so give me thunder thighs on the high (laughs) for rushing yards. All right, for me, low rushing yards. I'm going to put my faith in the Jacksonville run defense. They did a nice job last week, and I think they're going to slow down Isaiah Pacheco. Not only will they slow him down, but I think Kansas City's going to get into a shootout with Jacksonville, and I don't think Pacheco's going to have that much of a chance to be a factor on the ground anyway. So I'm taking the Jacksonville run defense for low in running, rushing yards. Okay. Uh, who do you like, Steve, for high in receiving yards? I'm going right back to the Chiefs-Jaguars. It's going to be Calvin Ridley. He's on a mission. He's coming off the, the gambling suspension from a year ago, uh, and I think the, the um, I think this game has a chance – to light up the scoreboard, and Calvin Ridley is the guy in Jacksonville. I think he's going to have a big game against the Chiefs secondary. Yeah, he had a big game last week. Okay, low for receiving yards. It's a risky pick, but I don't see the Jets doing anything through the air this week against the Cowboys. So I'm going to roll the dice with Garrett Wilson as the Jets come back down to earth and realize Zach Wilson can't play quarterback. That'll do it for high-low picks of the week. Time for our one burning question. Steve... Will Von Miller still lead the Bills in sacks despite playing at most 13 regular season games, or will it be someone else? That's a good question, whole man. Um, I'm going to say it will be someone else. I think it's going to be Leonard Floyd or Greg Rousseau. Mm. I think Rousseau is poised to have a big year. Now, despite the fact that, that uh, Leonard got up you know, the Floyd got up to a sack and a half in the last game. I still think, uh, I yeah, I, I think it's going to be hard for, for Vaughn, Vaughn to catch up to those guys. I think he's going to be productive. And let's yes. face it, I don't care if Vaughn has 25 sacks or five sacks, but if those five sacks come at the right moment in the right games, I'll take it. Yeah, like and Kansas that's, City that's, at the end of the game last year in week that's five. That's exactly right. So um, I think as the quality of the rotation that the Bills have, those guys are going to be productive all the way through. So if they stay healthy, these four games that Vaughn may not be out for, maybe maybe more, I think they're going to make some hay. Yeah. I, I tend to lean in Greg Rousseau's direction as well. It'll be interesting to see. I think the only thing that could compromise that if and when Vaughn comes back is how they decide who's in the starting lineup. Is it Vaughn and Leonard Floyd? Is it Vaughn and Greg Rousseau? And then Floyd's part of the rotational wave. But I'm, I'm bullish on Rousseau as well in Season 3. Guy had four sacks in his first four games last year and then had the high ankle sprain. So health is obviously a factor here, but you get Rousseau through a 17-game season relatively clean, I think he could be the sack leader for this team in 2023. Our closing figure deals with a double-digit sack season. Buffalo has not had an individual player post a double-digit sack season in the Sean McDermott era. The last player to post a double-digit sack season, Lorenzo Alexander, in his Pro Bowl season of 2016 when he had 12 and a half sacks. Let's go. That'll do it for this edition. Remember to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use so you know when our next episode is there for you. And as always, when you need to know about the Bills, you need to check. Bills by the numbers. For Steve Tasker, I'm Chris Brown. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time, everybody.